Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You know, I'm going to save the rest of that for the end of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting edition, but also unique edition of The Game Changer. I am indeed Nate the Effing Great, and I'm being joined here by Chicago's favorite native, favorite cosplayer, the one and only fabulous Victory Bell. Good morning to you. Good morning. How are you? I am doing pretty good for the most part. I mean, we got an action-packed show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Just awake and being here, drinking some tea. I like it. <laughs> oh, she's fancy and sophisticated today. Mm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we got finally the episode that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Uh, we're going to be talking about 10 different celebrities that we can consider to be either crazy, out there, just Maybe bonkers is the right word to put it. So, for those of you that have kids, I will definitely say that some of these subject matters are not exactly for them, so you might want to have them ears covered or probably have them leave the room. So, viewer discretion is advised when we get to that. But, we're not going to get to that because we're going to start off with some positive things like we normally do. And, first thing we wanted to talk about was in the wake of the Oscars just about a month away, there was another award show that happened recently, the Golden Globes, and there were a couple of wins that happened at the Golden Globes that we thought, you know what, let's talk about this. Let's let's give a little bit of, you know, insight about this. So we have a few things that we definitely do want to mention. Uh, one thing that definitely should not have been surprising at all is that Bohemian Rhapsody took two Golden Globe victories for Best Motion Picture Drama, as well as Best Performance in a Motion Picture Drama Actor. Uh, Rami Malik definitely deserved that win. He definitely played Freddie Mercury so fantastically well. And, like we said, Best Motion Picture Drama category went to Bohemian Rhapsody. I mean, you're the fangirl when it comes to Bohemian Rhapsody, so that's got to be exciting for you going into the Oscar season. 
Yeah, well, I think everybody kind of knows that the Golden Globes can kind of hint towards what the Oscars are going to look like, but they're obviously different voters and uh, a little different categories. The Golden Globes in, includes, like, TV and everything. Um, but I think a lot of people were were uh, a little questionable. They're like, wait a second. Like, the, the categories that that had the winners in them, they all kind of thought maybe they switched up the envelopes or something, because uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, like you said, won Best Drama, and then Green Book won Best Musical, and people are like, how is Bohemian Rhapsody not a musical? <laughs> like, it had music throughout the whole time. But, sure, maybe they just wanted to spread the love and give both of those movies wins, so they had to divide them, but I definitely I agreed with them. I was like, you're right. I would kind of think it would be a musical, too. I, I haven't seen Green Book. I wanted to, and I know it's about, like, a musician, a African-American black musician touring the South with a kind of gruff New York white guy driving him around. Um, so I definitely want to see that movie, especially now that it's won some big, big awards. Um, so I'm excited to hopefully pick that up so I can know if I want to vote it for my Oscar movies. Um, but it's it, interesting that, like, okay, so Bohemian Rhapsody is not a musical. Green Book is a musical. And then Best Comedy was Vice, which was uh, about um, uh, Dick Cheney and Christian Bale. You know, Batman plays Dick Cheney. And apparently it's a comedy, and people are like, wait, I thought that was supposed to be kind of like a dramatic like action drama, <laughs> and it's a comedy now. So I think it was interesting to hear everybody talk about just how maybe the categories aren't as categoric anymore, but just wanting to represent different movies. Well, I will say this. that I've not gotten the chance to see Vice yet, but uh, by far, if I were to choose like one of these movies to have like best comedy in there, I would honestly have picked a different uh, nomination that was in there, and that was uh, Crazy Rich Asians. I thought that was... A lot more comical, in my opinion. Uh, right. It seems more like a comedy. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess the one about the vice president doing crazy things was... I, I guess so. Um, yeah, you mentioned that, you know, it's weird that Bohemian Rhapsody didn't get into the musical category. And I'm wondering if it had to do with the fact that they wanted Green Book and Bohemian Rhapsody to get uh, their proper dues, possibly... I don't know. It's one of those things where I think they wanted to have both of them end on a bit of a high note. Uh, Green Book did get the most awards on this night of three. Uh, most nominations was Vice with six. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody got quite a couple of nominations and the two victories, like we said. Uh, uh, let's talk about best performance in the most picture. Obviously, uh, Raimi deserved best actor. As much as I loved you know, Bradley Cooper and A Star is Born, it's just that Raimi played Freddie Mercury so well. He did an absolutely fantastic job. It was very hard to do that. There's side-by-side -side comparisons of the actual footage from the, uh, oh, shoot, what was the concert name again? Uh, the Oh, I know the, what you're talking about. The, uh, the, 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 basically, the live performance of Queens in, uh, yeah. in, in, their, in their, like, big, big send-off. What was they, that? I'm, I'm trying to remember what what was, but they had like the the, the, li the live footage deal from there, and then they had it side by side with the one from the movie. And so many people are looking at it like, wow, this is actually very close to being exactly the same. 
And I think it's because of that kind of detail and that kind of respect that, you know, Raimi has for Freddie Mercury that it just made for a fantastic movie and for a fantastic performance. And, I mean, for me, knowing this guy from, you know, Night at the Museum, he was just this feral kid, kind of blandish, like, whatever. Then going from this to just an absolute fantastic, you know, struck-out star performance, that says a lot. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, I mean, I'm excited for him. I think he did a great job. I, I agree with you. Like, it was hard to kind of tell the difference between, was it, it wasn't Live Nation. It was Live something. But whatever. Um, I, I definitely think that would be cool, and I think that kind of gives you a little hint that a lot of people liked his performance, and maybe he might be chosen in the Oscars. Who knows? Uh, well, we'll be finding out in just a month. Uh, one thing that kind of you know caught me off guard was uh, when they went to uh, actress for a drama. Uh, they went with Glenn Close from uh, The Wife as Joan Castleman. I would have thought that Lady Gaga would have had the victory for this one, but I can't really knock on Glenn Close that much. I've enjoyed her work. She does a fantastic job. And then when she had her acceptance speech, she definitely, you know, mentioned her mom, which to me is always like, that's... <clears throat> I can't say anything bad about any actor or actress that says, you know, I want to thank my mom, my parents, anything like that. It's like, I can't say anything bad about that because they're basically saying, hey, you give me life. You're the reason why I'm up here right now. Just... God, Glenn Close is amazing. I'm, <laughs> that, that's basically what I'm saying to sum up my feelings about that right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know who else was in the category. I didn't watch the Golden Globes. Um, it was, when was it? it? Was was it right after the Bears game? I think it was. I, all, all yeah, I know. it was this Sunday, but I think it was right after the Bears game. And after the Bears game, I had to turn off the TV because the Bears... <laughs> Double doink, Parky just di- disappointed everybody in Chicago. Uh, hey, 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 you, got, you got to see that kind of disappointment uh, in on, on a television. We had a power outage, so we could not watch that at all. Oh no, that stinks! But yeah, it, lucky you didn't get to watch it. <laughs> like I don't get that disappointed at sporting events and stuff, but like. Ooh, I was super sad, so I just like had to go and go play volleyball with friends. <laughs> okay, yeah. I gotta get out. <laughs> but um, I, I don't know any of the other actors. I didn't really look into who was in the category. I just cared about who won. So it's interesting that she won. Um, she probably won't be my pick still for the Oscars, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we'll def- definitely see going into Oscar season. I'm actually going to say this, but by, by the time this episode is over, I'm actually going to make a bold prediction on what I think is going to get uh, Best Picture, but we'll talk about that more later on. Uh, I'm going to go down to uh, Best Original Song, which I literally was pretty stoked about this one, and that was that Shallow uh, from A Star is Born got the win for this one against uh, All the Stars from Black Panther, Girls in the Movies from uh, Dumplin', uh, Requirement of a Private War from A Private War, and Revelation from Boy Erased. Uh, You guys definitely heard a bit of this song at the beginning of the episode. I will do this. I'll put the full song at the end of the episode so you guys can enjoy it, and you guys can enjoy the fact that A Star is Born is absolutely just wonderful. Uh, the only other thing that I could say that I kind of 
thought to myself, okay, this is kind of cool, was Best Animated Feature Film. Uh, Runner-ups were Ralph Breaks the Internet, uh, um, Mirai, I believe is the name, I apologize if I screwed up that name, Isle of Dogs, Incredibles 2, and the winner was Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. So for that to get that kind of victory without even being like a month into the theaters says a lot. But honestly, it does a fantastic job. Yes, people are saying like, oh, it's like the fourth Spider-Man reboot. It's not really a reboot. It's kind of just a side deal. It's kind of one of those things where, like, it's like what they did with Venom. Could they tie him into the Spider-Man universe? Yes, but at the same time, it feels like it's a different universe from the Disney Marvel universe that they're creating. So I think that that's what they're doing with Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. They're just creating an alternate universe. They're creating an alternate movie dimension for people to go out and enjoy. But honestly, it's really cool to see Spider-Man getting a big award for that. So spot on you, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, for getting that. That's awesome. Yeah, um, interesting fact. One of the main like animators and designers or comic book artists who work on uh miles morales actually came from the international school of comics which i work for but out of rome the rome branch but uh we're gonna be giving her some props today on on our social media like with her miles morales uh drawing and just saying how like she's getting some honors and notoriety for it and it's cool that she came from a school that i I work for so it was kind of interesting sweet sweet. shout out to you you definitely deserve that Uh, no no when i I see you i'm talking about her it's not always about victory bell okay well you said you i didn't draw anything (laughs) i know uh we have too much fun in this show so one thing that you definitely mentioned before uh we get into uh, what our main topic is to talk about is uh, the resurfacing as well as the possibility that Kevin Hart might be coming back as the host for the Oscars. Uh, but you kind of have a little bit of background on that. So, Victor Bell, what is going on with this? What this? What's going on with this story? Well, yeah, we all kind of heard that Kevin Hart was getting a taste of Hollywood's medicine of tweeting something 10 years ago that isn't relevant now and people got offended. Um, I'm pretty sure the LGBT uh, community was the one that... L- oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. No, no, you're LG- right, you're right, you're right. It's the LG- LGBT community. Yeah, the community there were very upset with him for a post he had on Twitter that was about 10 years old. Um... I'm not going to repeat the post if it was that offensive, Uh, but he is a comedian. I know he was saying that he was just doing comical relief, and he apologized for it, but then he took himself out of the running for an Oscar, uh, hosting the Oscars, and people were questioning him. And um, recently, I think last week it was, Ellen brought Kevin Hart on her show and kind of trumped everybody. (laughs) I always said trumped. Uh, But, like, trumped the the community and said like she doesn't care about the post and that she wants him to do the oscars and trying to like bring her hordes of fans to his rescue and um, i guess he's put out a, a notice that he's like he's reconsidering it he didn't say he's going to do it but he did say he's reconsidering possibly doing the Oscars, which I think we would all appreciate. 
Um, it stinks he offended someone, but as we kind of all know, people are a little, little too touchy nowadays, especially something that happened 10 years ago. I think we need to really just remember that all because the internet tracks everybody's, everybody's, you know, posts and stuff. Maybe we don't always have to be like, have that, has that person grown in 10 years? No, definitely not. Like, what? Like, everybody grows. Every year somebody gets, grows and becomes better, or at least I hope they do. So I think if somebody apologizes and said, says, like, you know, that's not how they feel, uh, they, they're really sorry about what they said at that time, and if the person's a comedian, maybe we should think differently of their posts, that maybe they don't quite feel that way, they're just trying to get a laugh. I don't know. Uh, it didn't offend me when I read it, but again, I'm not part of that community, so maybe it just wouldn't resonate me in the same way. Yeah, I, I'm starting to really consider calling this kind of an effect the James Gunn effect, because the fact of the matter was that it feels like that's where this all kind of started was with, uh, for those of you that don't know, James Gunn was the director of the first two Guardians of the Galaxy movies. And because of some recent tweets that he had years ago, uh, he got let go by Disney because they didn't want to have anything to do with somebody who had those kind of, you know, ideas and thoughts yay long time ago. And there's been a lot of, you know, deals, especially from ca from the cast members, that they want him back on for directing the third one. Uh, even some of the actors are saying, well, I'm not really going to do it unless he's the director. Uh, there's not been any confirmation about that. I know that they had plans to create the movie, I think, sometime this year, but of course production has been postponed for later on until this whole issue resolves itself, I suppose. But it's one of those situations where, like you said, if somebody said something in the past that's one thing. If they still feel that way now, then I can understand where people are getting offended. But if they don't have that kind of mindset now, then why judge them for something they said in the past? It's not like they said something completely offensive. It's just something that they said that probably wouldn't have resonated so well back then. Nowadays, people are, as we said, they're offended by absolutely everything. We let social media, we let the internet just take over our lives and just, even if somebody's just making a joke and they only had a period and not have, like, the little teary-eyed laughing emoji face after that, some people just take that like a serious deal. And it's just really sad to see that because originally texting was just supposed to be, you know, hey, we're just communicating, we're letting people know what's going on. Now it's, like, the most vo most like, number one way of communicating is through text messages, is through emails, is through all these deals. And if you say the wrong thing, somebody's going to take it the wrong way, sadly. So, it does suck. This is me going on a rant about, you know, how the internet and how technology's taken over and blah, blah, blah. You've heard this story before. I'm not going to rant any more about it, so. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I think it's, I think, yeah, yeah people... 10 years, 20 years back have some things that pop up that, I mean, we know our society has changed in that 10 or 20 years, so I would think you kind of need to give people a bone, throw them a bone so that they respect your cause, not get frightened of your cause and don't want to talk at all. Like, the conversation is worth it, not silence people. I, I hate that. That makes me really really uncomfortable if people attempt to silence other people and 
by making someone not get a job, like affecting their careers for something they said such a, a long time ago is just, I don't know, it's a form of, you know, being filtered and I, I don't know, I don't like it. We both don't like it. No, definitely not. I will say this, the one blessing that did come out of the whole power outage situation is that uh, even though my mom and my dad and me, we were just kind of twiddling a bit on our phones or on our iPads and stuff like that, we still had some good conversations throughout that deal. It was kind of one of those things where it's like, hey, we're reconnecting. We're actually having a conversation. This is nice. And ever since then, it feels like every single day we're talking to each other, no problems. So... Basically, a message about this is that, you know, just take some time, even if it's just 10 minutes, 15 minutes a day, talk to the people that you know verbally, not through text messages, not through Facebook messages, not through, you know, whatever. Actually talk to them and get that connection back. Because I think that's what really lacks in society today is that connection. You establish that connection, everything is great. If you don't, then, well, things are going to happen and it gets a little crazy. Perfect segue to this next thing that we're going to be talking about. <laughs> so, we mentioned a couple weeks ago, and last week we were going to do it, but then we decided, you know what, we're going to have you know Victory Bell's sister on, and it was a great show. Definitely go check it out, you guys. It was something I never thought that I would actually do, and I don't regret it. It was absolutely wonderful having a tarot card reading, and honestly, maybe down the line I'll have it again, but... Right for right now, it's like, yeah, I've I got my fill. It's really good to say that, do that. It's one of those things where it's a once in a lifetime experience, and I enjoyed it. So, obviously, we talked about mentioning people who have definitely been out there, been a little crazy and insane, and we thought that we would come up with a nice little list of people who definitely are very out there, and also provide some examples of why we feel they're out there, why they it seems like they're out there everything like that, so uh, this is where I will definitely say, for those of you that have kids, now's the time to basically say, okay, this is time for you to, you know, just skedaddle for just a little bit, otherwise, you know, parents, definitely put some headphones on, because this is where we're going to get crazy, so viewer discretion is advised when it comes to this. Alright, let's do this. So, before we get into our main five, we actually have an honorable mention for each of them. Uh... So, if, if it's all right, Victory Bell, I'd like to start with this honorable mention. Do it. All right. So, this is one that I thought was going to be absolutely on my list when I was making this. But then I found out he doesn't seem as crazy as, you know, some other people on this list are. I mean, to be fair. Uh, I had Gary Busey as an honorable mention. A lot of people know that he's done a lot of, you know, tirades. He's done a lot of yelling and screaming and blah, blah, blah. Uh, best example of that was they did an episode. There's an episode of Impractical Jokers that just stands out, and it featured Gary Busey, where literally all he had to do was just throw water at one of the jokers, and the person that's right there, they explain, hey, this is what happened, this is why they threw the water at me, and then the person just says, okay, okay, do you des- did they deserve it or did they not? Uh, let's just, spoiler at the end, basically the person that they talked to just said, yeah, you definitely did not deserve that. Um, so ba- so basically what ends up happening is that Gary Busey, you know, he just starts talking and yapping, and next thing you know, he leaves, but then about a few minutes later he comes back, he grabs like this stack of like cookies and plastic wrap, 
And he says this phrase, and I'm not even kidding you that he said this. He just says, have you ever had your face smashed with a bunch of cookies? He just starts throwing cookies at one of the Jokers. I'm literally like, oh my god, this man's insane. Are you kidding me? What the heck? And, and they, they were even saying backstage, I was like, oh, Gary's gone rogue. Gary's gone rogue. I'm like, okay, so this is not planned. This was just him being absolutely, okay, this is him being Gary Busey. Okay, I don't want to go any further than this. So, yeah. Yeah, I- he was on Dancing with the Stars for a season. Are you serious? Yeah, oh sadly, he, he lasted, I think, two or three weeks, which he was not a great dancer. You wouldn't expect him to be. He's a little older. Um, but I believe it was like two seasons ago, and every time he came on, everybody was super anxious, like... Oh, he's gonna like he would grab the mic from the and be like, ah, I'm stuck at dancing. <laughs> just you never knew what he was gonna say, and every time he like walked off, like the host would be like, "Whoo, we made it! <laughs> like we didn't die." So, not only is he a little kooky, but I think the main thing about him is that he is unpredictable and most people don't appreciate working with somebody like that. Like, you're like, okay, we have a set plan. This is what's going to go down. And Gary's like, I forgot, so I'm just going to do me. (laughs) Like, I don't think, I mean, we all know that he's struggled with drugs and addiction and stuff like that. So do I necessarily think he tries to be as insane as he is? No. I think his brain is just like, this is all we have left. <laughs> um, and so I kind of, yeah, I kind of feel bad for him, but at the same time, he makes you feel so uncomfortable when he's on live TV that uh, I, I was like so happy when he left Dancing with the Stars. I was like, ooh, thank you. Some of my anxiety can leave as well. It's it's one of those weird things where I could almost compare him to what Robin Williams probably had to go through was that you know Gary Busey had all this craziness and that still kept him relevant still kept him within you know so you know within the world and stuff like that and with Robin Williams it was just his random comedy that was always just so funny so maybe it was kind of more like that maybe Gary Busey is still finding you know that inner craziness because it keeps people you know keeps you know the attention on him but also maybe it's because one of those things where he knows that you know not only does it give attention, but at the same time, some people are entertained by that. Like I said, uh, in the Impractical Jokers episode, I was entertained when he kind of did that. I'm glad that he didn't, you know, kill one of the Jokers, but it was just one of those things where it's like, holy cow, he's just going he's just going nuts just for reasons just because, oh, it's Gary Busey. Got it. Just got it. <laughs> glad he didn't kill one of them. I do <laughs> like, uh, I, I didn't see that episode, but I do like... Uh, Impractical Jokers. It's a funny show. If I find the link, I'll I'll send it to you just so you can see Gary Busey being Gary Busey. <laughs> oh, will it make me get all this anxiety again? <laughs> only only until he comes in the second time. I'm only gonna say that. Oh gosh. All right. So so we're getting off the Busey train there. Sorry, Gary. Uh, who was your honorable <laughs> mention for for this crazy list? Uh, my honorable mention is gonna be Mariah Carey, man. Mariah <laughs> this Carey. Lady is a diva in the worst ways a diva could be. Um, I think the most memorable moment that we have recently with her is just her on New Year's Eve in New York. I think it was two or three years ago. 
she was trying to sing her song and she was lip syncing and it wasn't working out for her. So she just started being like, I guess I'll just kind of dance around and be awkward and then blame everyone. Like that's kind of her thing is to blame every person but herself for anything. Like she's gotten in feuds with Nicki Minaj, with Madonna, with Madonna, with a bunch of different people. Um, she would, deny like singing her own song in movies for cameos like she's like no I don't want to do that uh she didn't know how to dance in Vegas like she just forgot how to dance in one of her performances she just didn't want to probably um and you know she just she's done a lot of just weird awkward like things and people are like okay like she's gotten in her hot tub on cribs and MTV like or her tub in a towel like they don't ask you to get in your tub, but if you want to get naked and get in your tub, I guess you can, if you're Mariah Carey. But, yeah, she's just always been kind of a, a person that has, like, when she's there, you kind of know, like, oh, something might happen here. I think every interviewer that's ever interviewed her are like, whoop, is she going to be drunk? Is she going to be on too much Xanax? Is she going to be, like, what is she going to do? <laughs> Jeez Louise, I, I've never really, you know, heard too much about Mariah Carey, but now hearing this, I'm like, oh boy, and it, I mean, when you talked about that whole lip-syncing deal, when she, you know, just decides to go do her own thing, that sounds almost like a incident that happened with, uh, what was that girl's name, Ashley Simpson, I think it was, where she yeah. had that, uh, she had the lip-syncing mishap, and then she just started doing random deals, and it's just kind of like... Yeah, and then uh, she eventually went off stage, Mariah Carey never left. Oh, jeez. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, and it's also Mariah Carey was doing it for the New Year's New York ball drop, and Ashley Simpson was doing it on SNL, which, you know, gets watched, but not that, probably not that much views, especially now. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, everything about Mariah Carey, if you just, if you look up a little bit about her, you'll be like, wait, what? Like, she's live on Good Morning America, like, back in the day in 2008, calling out backup, backup singers, like, on live TV, being like, like, like she's singing her song and being like, but you backup singers better be better. Like, what? <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> oh, like, she just is, she's, I would say, too big for her britches. And somebody who, like, like, not, I'm not gonna, like, body shame her, but somebody who, like, fluctuates weight the way she does, like, she'll, like, gain 50 pounds and then lose 50 pounds, you're kind of like, you have to be a little crazy. Like, how does that happen? Like, you know, Oprah does that, but right here, I'm like, what the hell? What's going on? <laughs> like, medic hopefully medications? <laughs> well... I, I I don't know. It's going to be one of those things where it's like, is there going to be enough medications for all these crazies we're about to talk about? So <laughs> well, that's what I'm just saying. I'm I'm hoping the reason for those those awkward weight issues are her medications, because a lot of people even say that, and yeah. and medication does do that. But then we always see her back when she's back skinny and she's awful. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I know what you mean. All right, so. 
Let's get right into it, guys. So these are the 10 celebrities that we think have gone a little crazy, and we'll give you reasons why. So, Victory Bell, starting off with your number five, who have you got? I've decided to start out with Daniel Day-Lewis, which is a very notable, very um, Oscar award-winning actor. He's an English actor who is really known for getting into his roles fully. So, uh, for some reason, the terminology is going away from me. Uh, it's when an actor, like, decides to do their role consistently throughout the whole time that they're cast as this role. Um, I don't know why I'm not remembering what it is. It's not voice acting. It's not... Crap, I'm going to have to look it up because I'm an actor and I should know these terminologies. But basically, Daniel Day-Lewis is kind of um, the man who brought it to the forefront of, like, I am an award-winning actor and studies and does all this uh, does all this great acting, but is also, I'd have to say, a little bit crazy because he spent, like... He built his own canoe when he was in the last of Mohicans, like, just to know that he could do it. Um, he says he can see ghosts sometimes when he was, like, doing Hamlet back in the day. He's like, oh, I saw my father's ghost, and he told me to do this stuff. Um, he, he spent the entire filming session of one of his movies where he was a man in a wheelchair in a wheel wheelchair for three months, I think, three or four months. He was just in a wheelchair the whole time. Um, so he really, method acting, that's what it's called. Thank you, Tori, for remembering that. Um, yeah, so he method acts, and that he's kind of like the main guy who method acts. So when he won, you know, for Lincoln in uh, probably six years ago when he was Lincoln, like he wore his top hat, he was Abraham Lincoln for the whole shoot. He's always his character for the whole time. And I think what's another a little crazy thing about him is he, like, always, like, is like, now I'm retiring. I'm retiring. I'm not going to perform anymore. Um, and so he's 60 years old, and he said after the Phantom Thread, which we saw, um, I think, last year at the Oscars, the Phantom oh, yeah. Thread won a, a bit of awards. Um, he said that he's done. Uh, he's retiring from performing. But, you know, who knows? I don't think. I don't understand why any actor would retire. It's not necessary. But I guess if you put your whole body and soul into being a method actor, I would understand why it would be a little more taxing on you than just doing a role and going home. But this guy just goes above and beyond. And it's not a bad crazy all the time, but it's still pretty crazy. And he's still, you know... Doesn't always, doesn't always make people feel comfortable because he's doing things that they're like, "Why are you still Lincoln?" Because we stopped filming. <laughs> oh, he was still doing the Lincoln persona even after they were done. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's. He would text his co-star Sally Field in character as Lincoln. Wow. Yep. Which you know, like again. It's his method. Has he won Oscars? Yes, he has. Uh, is he a notable 
amazing actor, yes, but are you acting if you continuously pull this into your life all the time? I guess that would be a question I would ask. And I think it just seems like that he would be a hard person to have a one-on-one talk with. Oh, trust me. I'm going to have somebody that is probably worse, but yeah, I just I, I don't want to I don't want to like knock on these people as and the fact that like like they're they are crazy. These people are crazy, but they're also, you know, famous and successful people. Like this guy is super successful, but he is definitely you know, on the edge of being on meds. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm just going to tell you this right now. There is going to be a couple of people that I will knock on, and I oh, really that's do, totally fine. And I really saying, don't like, care. I'm, Daniel Day Lewis is an amazing actor. No, right. I mean, everything that he's in, everyone's like, "Holy cow!" Like all these movies, he's he's great. But there, there, there does come a point where right. it's like you know, we get it. You're a method actor. You like to you know stay within the you know <clears throat> stay stay within the role. That's great. But there's got to come a point where you just you know the method acting has to just has to stop. I understand that. Yeah, but even, like, on set, like, I would understand you staying in character the whole time on set, or at least staying in the zone the whole time on set. I like to do that. I don't like to get, like, totally thrown off my game on set. But if you go home and you're texting people or you're still wearing the costume or you're still in a wheelchair, like... Come on, dude. Like, some people actually are in a wheelchair, and for you to, like, be like, oh, no, I'm struggling with this now. Are you? Are you? No, you could stand up anytime you want. Like, stop it. It gets to, to like, uh, shoot, what was his name? Uh, Will Ferrell's character from uh, Talladega Nights, whatever his name is. Right. It it gets to that kind of level of, like, yeah. Like, stop being such a dumbass. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Gosh, that just yeah, it's just wow. I'm just gonna say that right now. That, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's all I got. Definitely halfway off, you know, the cuckoo's nest. Yeah. <sighs> Gosh, I, speaking of cuckoo's nest, uh, honestly, what a way to start off my list. At number five, I have the one and only Lindsay Lohan. So, growing up, I will admit, she was definitely one of those girls that I kind of, you know, had like a celeb crush on, and I thought like, oh, she seems very nice. And then you see a lot of the stories that came out, and a lot of these other stories I've been reading, I'm like, oh my gosh, she's absolutely deranged. I know that she had problems with, you know, alcohol, with addiction, with everything like that, but then you get into the actual stories of what she's done while she's had these addictions, and it just gets like, are you serious? Why? And there's some points where you're wondering, is she on something or is this actually who she is i got two stories oh boy so there's one story where she actually went to a wedding and you're thinking like okay well this seems like a nice thing no problem at all uh it's not a problem unless you are wearing white you're basically looking almost better than the bride you have like a little bridal crown on and you're just kind of standing out it's kind of one of those things where it's like you're taking away from these, you know, people and their wedding day. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> and that's just the start. Uh, obviously, during the wedding, you know, it's always supposed to be nice, it's supposed to be beautiful, it's supposed to be great. Uh, you give their full attention because they're expressing their love. Does she do that? 
Not a single time because there were reports that said that she was texting and that she was doing her nails, not paying any mind whatsoever. And then to top off this nice, uh, crazy Sunday with a little bit of nuts, uh, she left the reception early and reports were saying that she was actually running around naked saying, I'm drugged, I'm drugged. Sorry, that's my best Lindsay Lohan robot chicken impression. Uh, It's just one of those things where it's like, okay, so you try to up, you know, you try to basically outdo the bride. You don't pay attention to the wedding that you've been invited to, and you decide to just be somehow the center of attention during the reception. That's just disrespectful. Are you kidding me? And it is one of those things where it's like absolutely insane that she's that hungry for it. But then I see another story here where it just got worse. And it's one of those things where it's like, okay, just put her in the straitjacket, put her in the the van, take her away. So, are you familiar with the name of Charles Manson? Yes. Well, a lot of people don't really observe her birthday, uh, Charles Manson's birthday. One time, she did. She got all dressed up as Sharon Tate. A lot of people might know that name as the victim from one of the cult deals that Charles Manson actually had on. And what made this even worse was that she was a victim of this, and she was also eight and a, eight and a half months pregnant when she got killed. So this was one of those things where this was just poorly out of taste. This was just absolutely bad Jeez, I can't believe I'm saying this. This is batshit crazy. You know what? It's, it's going to be an explicit <laughs> episode, so whatever. It was one of those things where I read this story, and I'm just like, are you kidding me? Literally, this is one of the worst things that you could possibly do. Why you would do this just absolutely has no reason. And her excuse was a post on Instagram that just says, I love Sharon Tate. I'm like, it's still, that doesn't make an excuse for it. Yeah. This is just, this is stupid. This is crazy stupid. And I'm not even trying to sound funny. It's one of those things like, are you kidding me? No. This, ah, uh, I, I feel bad for for the family that had to watch that and realize that they're basically, their you know, family members, death is basically feeling mocked and in poor taste. It's just absolutely unacceptable. And again, like I said, absolutely crazy that they would do that. I, you don't celebrate a birthday of somebody that has that dark of a past or dress up like one of their victims. It's just so horrible to do that. Yeah, yeah, that definitely, I definitely know that she's a a recovering drug addict in many different ways. I think cocaine, alcohol, probably worse, Uh, but yeah, drugs are not cool, (laughs) and I'm going to go with, just like how Gary Busey is kind of insane because of that stuff, I'm going to go with the drugs are kind of probably the main source of her issue is the fact that, yep, she's, for her fried, your brain is like a scrambled egg on drugs, and she is a scrambled egg person. Yeah. Speaking of scrambled eggs, uh, I'm going to go into my number four pick here because it kind of ties in a bit with another person who's dealing with drug abuse. Charlie Sheen. Honestly, (laughs) one of the most 
highest paying actors in all of television at one point. And he even goes out to say this on his roast where he literally said, you know something, I'm one of those people that had the balls to basically go up to my boss and tell them to F off. And he goes on this tirade where he talks about, you know, his videos about how, oh, the press couldn't kill me, television couldn't kill me, this couldn't kill me, and blah, 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 blah. Just everything that he did, it's just absolutely so far out there. It's like, what are you doing, dude? Are you tr- are you trying to make sure that t- television networks don't hire you at all? Why? I mean, he talks about, he's, I mean, of course, the main thing that we're talking about, the video that he had about, he talks about, you know, tiger blood and how he's always winning. Uh, and, of course, mentioned <laughs> the, fact, the fact that, you know, he's definitely a tr- drug addict. He definitely abuses alcohol. Uh, I use the, I use the phrase man whore when it comes to Charlie Sheen because there has been a lot of stories about him having you know uh, stories like you know his you know going on vacation with his ex wife his girlfriend a bunch of hookers and I'm just like are you what I I understand you know living life to the fullest but that's just way too much even for me as a guy I'm like no that's dude don't do it and <laughs> one more story that comes about that. Uh, after his ex-fiance and him broke off their engagement, he decided to shoot her in the arm. Why? Probably out of rage, or probably because he was on some kind of binge. I don't know, and I just think to myself, wow, this this was a guy that I remember watching on Two and a Half Men, and I still do, but I try to basically do this deal where it's like, I'm focusing more on the character of Charlie, not the actor of Charlie Sheen, because yeah. that just... So much darkness, and I'm bringing them out in this episode. We do a lot of light episodes. This is one of those episodes where it's like we're going probably into a black hole of darkness right now. So I I don't regret this, but at the same time, it's one of those things where it's like, are we going to go too far into the darkness? You know what? Let's just find out. So your thoughts on Charlie Sheen? Yeah, he's definitely a drug addict crazy. <laughs> definitely, 100%. Um just seeing him in interviews and stuff and just hearing a bunch of things. I, I think he just doesn't know how to handle himself fully because didn't he come out and say he has AIDS too? It was like AIDS or HIV, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's either HIV or AIDS. Um, so I know that he just is frivolous with his life and Maybe he thought he was, like, God-like, and now that he got diagnosed with this uh, STD, I I think it's definitely have calmed him down, and people have, like, seen, like, oh, wow, like, I don't see much of him anymore, but he definitely had that, those years of when he got booted off of Two and a Half Men, when... Yeah, he was just doing things that you were just like, why, why... Who are you? And why would you care so much about this to, like, put it out to the world? Like, ugh. And then, yeah. Yeah. I almost feel like karma hit him in the face. (laughs) I'm not saying anyone, like, deserves that or anything, but, like, if you're being a shithole and doing things that you shouldn't be doing consistently and making other people basically pay for your your sins like i mean that's hard when some a main character quits your show like that that's hard um and all the actors could have been out of a job 
So then all of a sudden karma hit him in the face and now he's trying to maybe be a healthier person. Yeah, well, hopefully the best will, you know, be yet to come for him. But right now he's just got a lot of, you know, making up to do. But somehow he always found a way to, like, take even the lowest of lows and still help him to be relevant. That's always the weird part that I've noticed about him. But I don't know. We'll have to just kind of wait and see what goes on in the life of Mr. Carlos Sheen. <laughs> All right. So I got two up, so I think it's only fair that you get two this time. So who is your number four to start it off? Yeah, my number four is going to be Mr. Jim Carrey. <laughs> um, my boy Jim. Like a lot of the... What? I said, my boy Jim? Come on. He's not that. Okay, continue. Yeah. Uh, I think the most notable that everybody kind of remembers and kind of stemmed into other things that he ended up doing was he was on the Hollywood red carpet um, for, I think, Icon Awards, the Icon Awards, and one of the E! reporters kind of, like, pulled him to the side, and first, like, he, like, circled her a few times, she's like, uh, and then, you know, he ended up, like, having this crazy, like, out-of-body type of interview, being like, I'm not me, no one's them, no one has personalities, no one is, we just are, and stuff like that, and people were like, uh, what? And, like, the reporter kept, like, turning the camera like, um, uh, I don't know what's going on, but this is insane. And he, he basically was saying that what everything that people is doing and everything all these icons that they're honoring or or doing is nothing and it means nothing. He's like, he even like has quotes like celebrating icons, boy, this is the absolute lowest aiming possibility that we could come up with and stuff. And like, we understand that maybe he was trying to really be somebody who's like saying something meaningful, like trying to get out there, reach people But then he starts, like, imitating James Brown and doing some weird stuff. And, like, the interviewer literally just is like, I don't know what to do. And so he ends up, you know, walking. And and she's like, well, that was crazy. (laughs) And, yeah, so Jim Carrey doesn't believe he's a person in this interview and doesn't believe in icons and doesn't believe that anybody has personality. And then it stems off to, you know, like, his Netflix series, which is a little more grounded. And, and, you know, he he tries to really be this more, like, soul-oriented person. But I think he was, maybe he came out a little too soon on the red carpet because he had no idea what he was talking about. And everybody thought he was crazy or on drugs. And I don't think he was. Well, didn't he also experience uh, experience like a, a passing of a friend or something like that when this happened? Uh, I don't know. It was 2017. Is that when like Robin Williams died? Is that what I, you're saying? I, no, I think that there was like a friend of his that passed away, and I think this was also one of those things where people talked about it, and they were wondering if this was like his way of coping with it. I can't remember exactly. If yeah, was I just know about the interview, and I remember watching it and being like, whoa. Yeah, I, I remember that interview, trust me. I It's one of those things where it's like, wow, this is not like Jim Carrey at all. This is like 
sketchy Ace Ventura random yeah, it definitely seemed like a person crying out for help or somebody, like, like I thought more like he was trying to get spiritual and he just doesn't know how to do it yet. And in the Netflix series, I, I've never watched his Netflix documentary, but he, I think he's, like, painting or something, right? Okay. If you've seen that. Um, and I, I think it is about, like, reconnecting to who you are and who we are and spiritualism so i think he was trying i i i don't know i don't know if he lost a friend so if he did then that's really sad it's also maybe not the best time to go out then and get interviewed um but but yeah i i just i'm just like like if you were trying to intro to your spirituality it just didn't work it made you sound insane and made him just People thought he was on drugs, but I don't think he was. Right. No, I definitely know that Jim Carrey can definitely have a lot of out-there kind of moments, and you even see that in, like, regular interviews where he can be just a little bit crazy at times. Yeah, a little too much, but, I mean, he's a comedian. That's kind of it's kind of his thing and what he yeah. wants to do. Um, but, yeah, I definitely, he had to be on my list because I just remember this moment, and... Yeah, he probably is, I mean, a person that does the things that Jim Carrey does, like, the roles he takes on, you know, like, this guy is probably just a little kooky, and then you got to see it in real life when it wasn't a comedy thing, and you were like, oh, this is not comedy, he's not trying to be funny, he's trying to be inspiring, and it's spiraling downwards yeah definitely wow oh boy that 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 yeah that was a rough interview to watch it really was and, and hopefully you know hopefully jim is doing better now hopefully he's you know starting to get into a better place now i just really hate to see you know his career just spiraling out because he can be a fantastic actor it's just sometimes i, th- I think that he just needs to learn to you know just learn learn when you know where the joke stops and i think that's what always the issue is with sometimes with most comedians is that you know they'll be random they'll be joking they'll be funny but sometimes they just need to realize hey this is this is where we're you know pushing the the button in press your luck where it's like no whammies no whammies yeah stop stop (laughs) so yeah Yeah. all right so what was your number three pick since we're getting close Number three is going to be a person we've talked about. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Johnny Depp on number three. Well, this will be good. And, <laughs> and you know, again, like he is just kind of a weirdo, and, and it's okay. You could be a weirdo. I mean, he gets he gets roles and he gets opportunities because he can portray somebody who's so odd and memorable. Probably because he is. Um, and there's just a lot of things. Like, like I've researched stuff that, like, growing up, like, he's been in 20 different homes. Like, like he had to move a lot. It was hard for him. He, like, dropped out of high school to become a rock star. And, like, people encouraged him to drop out of high school. So, like, he doesn't even, like, he might have got his GED now, but he never even graduated high school, like, normally. So right off the bat, you know, you're throwing somebody that maybe 
like, I wouldn't call him dumb, but maybe he didn't have the best education, and he came from an unstable family life. So now he's getting thrown into this career of pretending to be something he's not, and I think, you know, that psychologically could take a toll. Um, so one, one fact that popped up is, like, he's super tight with Nicolas Cage, and everybody thinks Nicolas Cage is pretty crazy. <laughs> so it's like, ooh, your friends are crazy. Um, he's never won an Oscar, which people, like, thought that's a big deal because of how many good roles he's been in, but he's never, like, people never think he's acting really good, which is also kind of a, like, is he not acting good and he's just that crazy? Maybe. Um, this is kind of crazy, also kind of cute. Like, he he was known for carrying around his Captain Jack Sparrow costume so that when people, like, recognized him, he would just change into Jack Sparrow and, like, you know, like, talk with kids and stuff. Like, he even, like, I guess he was filming on set and a girl, like, tried to ask him to, like like, set a mutiny out against her teacher, and he went into the classroom and convinced all the students to, like, get off of the mutiny. Like, no, the mutiny is not a good thing, like Captain Jack did. <laughs> so, you know, like, is it kind of crazy? Yeah, because he carries around this costume all the time, but does he do some good, fun things? And, like, yes, he poses with cancer kids and goes into hospitals. Yeah, that's cool. But it's also like, why do you carry around that all the time? That's weird. Um, he's vandalized a billboard of his own face. So maybe some psychological things there. Um, I think he's been married only twice, but I guess he's always, he's been engaged a lot. And I think one of those marriages is actually with Amber Heard who we know of a little more now from the Aquaman movie. And he came out against her, like, saying she was insane. And then she came out against him and, like, brought in, like, real, like, claims of how crazy he was. I don't want to bring up that divorce too much, but, like, that was a huge thing and almost killed her career because Johnny Depp was just like, no, I don't want her to tell stuff about me. And so he tried to smash her career. And I remember even having, like, watching stuff about this divorce being like, I hate that girl. I hate her. Because, like, everybody loves Johnny Depp. And then you realize, oh, shoot, actually, she had to deal with an insane person. And, and you know, I'm just going to throw this out there. He's worked with Tim Burton on over eight films, so he has to be a little insane. <laughs> Yeah, really, I can't put that better myself. Uh, I, I, th I, th I think what really inspired this whole entire, you know, list was the fact that we did talk about Johnny Depp. I think I think we even talked about this on an episode uh, where he was in an interview with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, and yes. they, they had the whole deal, you know, where he was where Benedict Cumberbatch did like faces of you know him Burn as a daughter. Yeah, yeah, and then they brought in like a giant teddy bear just to have Benedict Cumberbatch kind of snuggle with or something like that. And then Johnny Depp's just like off in the distance, just kind of looking at it, you know, with like a look of like, what the hell is that thing? It's like, you've never seen a giant teddy bear before. What are you okay, dude? Are you just, are you like seriously that intimidated by a giant stuffed animal? What's what, what is this? Yeah, I think in that interview for me, I, I definitely talked about it because I'm like, it's interesting how like, 
down to clown Benjamin Cumberbatch was, and then how, like, you could tell Johnny Depp didn't know what he was supposed to do. Like, he's like, this interview's not all about me, and now I don't know what to do. And then, also, he was just like, I think he was trying to process if Benjamin Cumberbatch is, like, was actually being funny, or if they were making fun of him. But the thing is, is it doesn't matter because Benjamin Cumberbatch doesn't take himself that seriously. And sadly, I'm pretty sure Johnny Depp does. (laughs) (laughs) Which is another thing that, you know, if you don't, if you take yourself too seriously, especially as an actor or anything, you're going to have, you're going to have me not liking you because you're going to, you think you're God or you think you're the best and people are going to start seeing through that and you're going to start trying to crush people's career if they make fun of you. That's never good. So, so yeah, I, I think we, we wanted to talk about this because he did get, you know, canned from the Pirates of the Caribbean. They were kind of done with Captain Jack, which I think is sad. I think Captain Jack definitely had his time, and he's definitely a memorable character, and I don't think that he'll ever not be a memorable character. I mean, even at comic conventions, like, you see the Jack Sparrows, and they're just in character, being what Johnny Depp decided he would be. And it's amazing, and I think Johnny Depp is amazing in the way that he portrays these insane characters, but kind of like some of the people that I've been researching on, they're like, but he doesn't get Oscars because he's not acting, maybe? <laughs> and you're like, oops. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, all right, he's definitely a weirdo. So another one you don't want to, like, be in a, a room alone with, but... <laughs> yeah, I... I'm and just... don't marry him. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, uh, boy. Yep, jo- Johnny is definitely a different kind of fish when it comes to when it comes to the world to the ocean that is entertainment uh i'm hoping that they at least give uh you know jack sparrow at least a proper send-off when they do the reboot but doubt they're going to it's just one of those things where it's like you know if if not for giant up at least do it for the character that is jack sparrow because he definitely deserves some kind of proper send-off for all his work and all his years doing the uh, doing the movies yeah, I definitely think he did. I I think he did an amazing job. Um, and obviously, we we kind of like something about all of these crazies. That's why we think of them in some way. Like I don't think we've actually de- destroyed anyone yet. We've always been like, but they did so good in this, or but I loved them in Two and a Half Men, or I used to fantasize about her. <laughs> but um, now you're just putting words in my mouth, little lady. <laughs> <laughs> But, but you know what I mean. Like, they're, we like, we used to like them, and then you're like, ooh, <laughs> ooh. Kind of a little, little salty. Well, <laughs> let, let's bring the salt shaker out right now, because this is somebody who I absolutely do not like. I never oh. liked him. So, this is going to be what I can be positive about them. <laughs> yeah, we'll see about that. Uh, for number three, I've got Mr. Tom Cruise. A lot of people know him, of course, as the Jack Reacher, as well as in Mission Impossible, 20 movies that he's done or something like that. But all I really need to say with Tom Cruise is just two things. Tom Cruise, Scientology. 
Really, that's how you just sum it up when it comes to why I think that he's absolutely crazy. He's absolutely bananas. I've gotten to do some research on Tom Cruise as well as his, you know, Church of Scientology, everything that he's done for that. And I've always just been absolutely amazed at the things that, you know, he's done. Uh, Scientology definitely is one of those things where it's more about, you know, finding, you know, finding yourself in spirit-wise, not body, not mind, but in spirit. And Tom Cruise is definitely one of those guys who just like, you know, oh, I'm all for it, I'm all for it. Uh, without realizing the risk that happens here. There's been stories about people, you know, losing connections with family members and with loved ones because of Scientology. Uh, Tom Cruise is definitely one of those people that is no exception to that. Uh, his marriage with Nicole Kidman was dissolved because of it. Uh, his relationship with his niece definitely was very damaged during this. His relationship with his daughter definitely was damaged because of this. And you look at a lot of the stuff that he's done. I saw the uh, intro video, or I guess, you know, uh, what was it? The recruitment video, there we go, that he did for Scientology. I'm literally just watching this like, what the heck is this guy talking about? What is he doing? What, what? This is just absolute bananas. And then I see him go into an interview where literally... You know, he's basically being called out for what he's saying. He's like, no, I never said that. I never said that. It's just one of those things where it's like, you kind of did. You're basically saying that, you know, psychiatry is not the way, that they should just find a different deal to cope with this, and that is through Scientology. He's like, no, I never said that. No, I never said that. I just said that there's different ways to do it other than psychiatry. It's like, yeah, yeah, you mean Scientology. It's like, I never said Scientology. It's like, but that's where you're going. That is the direction that you're going in. That is basically what you're making us insinuate is that you're that you should be going through the Scientology deal and not through all these other methods and he'll just still say no I never said that it's like it's an easy assumption you're driving me nuts just thinking about it the Scientology thing is a sham it's nothing it's not going to work and there's so many people that have been dropping left and right and they're realizing Scientology is not all what it's cracked up to be and for somebody like Tom Cruise that believes, you know, more in the fact of, you know, just being in tune with his spirit, maybe losing relationships with family and with loved ones is the way to go. It's like, I don't think I could live that kind of lifestyle. But for if for him, it works for him, I say, okay, you're batshit crazy, goodbye. That's really all I have to say, say about that. And it's one of those things where it's like, I never liked Tom Cruise, I... We'll say this, this gives me more ammunition to not like him, and yeah, I I got nothing more to say other than that. So you never liked any movie with Tom Cruise, or you just never liked him in the movie? Uh, all of the above. Never liked him in the really? movie. There's, there's nothing about him that draws me to him as an actor, there's nothing about him that draws me, me to him to say like, oh, there's some redeeming quality. It's like, nope. Top Gun, um, and a lot of his early work before he was a Scientologist was really pretty good. Um, I think it's funny because I do think Hollywood knew that he was a super crazy person before we did. Um, I, I know a lot of Seth MacFarlane's family guy made fun of him quite often, being a short little man, like even having an episode of him the size of the baby 
and them running around, and he's mail, mails himself places and stuff. And they're always like, oh, Tom Cruise, he's just running from his gay thoughts and stuff. But, like, in every movie, that's why he's running. He's running from his gay thoughts. Um, and then we also, you know, after the whole, um, why am I forgetting his ex-wife's name, who, Ceres, Ceres, mom? Is it Kate? Not Kate Hudson. Uh, Kate, Kate Holmes? Oh, yes. Yeah, Katie Holmes. Uh, yeah, he was yeah. married to her, I believe, for three or four years. And they have a daughter. Um, and she's now dating Jamie Foxx. And a lot of stuff has come out that, like, she had a marriage agreement with Tom. And, like, she could not after the divorce for three years so she's her and Jamie Foxx have been like under the radar dating and stuff um so yeah he's he's definitely up there on like he's he is batshit <laughs> he's definitely batshit crazy uh no drugs about it I I think it's an ego I think it's narcissism which is like a number one trait you find in serial killers and stuff like that um so i agree i i don't mind some of his films and some of his movies but yeah he's definitely definitely not a great person and definitely somebody who tries to control the f out of other people and i think scientology is another way that he thought he could do that like, ooh, I want to be in on this and get suckers. Like, and uh, is her name Lena Denon or Lena Denon? Uh, is she was in um, King of Queens, I believe. She's a comedian. Uh, she actually converted to Scientology and converted back out and wrote a huge book. Like, she got like shunned from some things because she wrote about how bullshit everything is and how like. It's all a scam. It's a cult to try to, like, pull people away and just take your money. Uh, and, you know, not saying that I get all my facts from comedy shows, but I, I did watch the South Park episode of uh, where they explain what Scientology is. And they do put a disclaimer saying that they are not making it up. They're like, we did not make this up. This is literally what they believe. And it was kind of about, like, a bunch of aliens, souls, like, people's souls are alien souls that are, like, from a burning volcano, and, like, everybody's just rebirthed into a different alien soul. And it was crazy. Like, when they were talking about this, like, they literally put the disclaimer flashing, being like, we are not making this up. This is how they feel this is what they believe. We couldn't make this up. <laughs> and, and it's just like, that's one thing I love about South Park is that they really, they really take religion and just kind of like, let's, let's see how you guys really feel if we explain it to you. And it's, it's definitely a little different. And I think it's kind of hilarious. And then when you see that people actually believe in it, it's kind of scary. No, no doubt about that. Uh, boy, you know what else is a little bit scary? What? Rick James, my number two. <laughs> Honestly, 
I did not know about this guy until I watched an episode of a YouTube channel. A lot of people know it, known as Game Grubs, and they talked about this story, and I'm just kind of like, what, Rick James did this? Well, what, what is this going on? So I actually did some research. I dug into it. I'm like, oh, oh okay, wow. So the guy who just said, you know, you can't, you can't touch this, you know, super freak. A lot of, you know, songs that a lot of people people would remember back in, I think it's like the 80s, 70s, something like that. Yeah, he, uh, he's been known throughout his later part in life of being a crack addict, of kidnapping women, of assaulting them, of even torturing them with crack pipes. It's just one of those things where it's like, this guy just absolutely just fell right off of the wagon of sanity, like, as fast as a Thanos snap. I literally just kept reading this article, and I'm like, oh my god, why? No. This is not at all what I was expecting. It felt worse reading it the more I went deeper into it. I feel so bad for the people that, you know, went through this. And it goes to show you that, you know, drugs can do make you do crazy things. And in this case, it was, uh, it was something, to say the least. Uh, <laughs> that's it. That's that's all I got. But yeah, I mean, when we're talking mainly about drugs that these other celebs have been kind of falling prey to, they're, I, I don't want to say they're not as bad, but they're like, you can kind of still deal with people on like cocaine and weed and, you know, all that, the different pills that the celebrities pop nowadays but uh crack no <laughs> so what once you go on crack you kind of turn into rick james <laughs> i i think that's probably the best way to sum it up <laughs> and yeah. and we're just gonna leave it at that so victory bell <laughs> who's your number two my number two is mr shia labeouf <laughs> oh, shia labeouf um, he's insane, man. Well, I mean, anybody who does, you know, Indiana Jones and the Cave of the Crystal Skull is already insane, as is Harrison Ford. What were you thinking? But, continue. <laughs> right, um, well, Shia just, I think after, like, all of the Transformer movies, I think he stopped doing them kind of because he was turning crazy. And... I don't know exactly what happened, but these are the events that basically happened after 2005 and stuff. So we all loved him in, as even Stevens. We loved him growing up. We loved him in Transformers. He did a good job. But uh, then he started to threaten his neighbor with knives. He openly talked about sleeping with other people's girlfriends, which, you know, great. He got arrested at a Walgreens. Uh, in downtown Chicago <laughs> in 2007. It was just a misdemeanor, but come on, man. <laughs> Why are you in a Walgreens when it's closed? <laughs> um, he dropped acid for a roll, so we're talking about drugs here. Uh, just to do a roll, he decided to drop some acid. That's I mean, People drop acid for different reasons, but usually you don't put yourself on film when you're doing it. <laughs> um he emailed a picture of his penis to some of his producers. I'm pretty sure the this movie was also the movie that he dropped acid for. 
So that's great. He, you know, went full nude for a music video. Uh, and then he started plagiarizing some uh, comedians' works, like Howard Cantor, who he's won a, an Oscar, I believe, for his comedy in the past. And then he started plagiarizing his stuff. So, interesting. Uh, he headbutted some dude at a bar in London. So, that's not good. And then at uh, Nim. Nymphomaniac is the movie that he, like, dropped acid and did all this stupid stuff for, and so he was the main, and Nymphomaniac sent his penis to the producers. Um, at the red carpet reveal, he wore a paper bag over his head, saying, I am not famous anymore. And he walked the red carpet with a paper bag over his head. I mean, you know, we all we all also saw his YouTube videos, <laughs> but, but those are just some things that you might not have known about Shia Wow, uh, yeah, that is a lot to take in. <laughs> I I am now more eager than ever to know what could possibly top Shia LaBeouf doing that. Just wow, I he's totally crazy. <laughs> Just uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I re- I really don't know what else more to say other than that. I mean, this is a guy that, like you said, he was an even Stevens. He was kind of like a goofy character. I remember him also uh, in the movie Holes. Uh, yeah, he did that. He did Transformers movies. Uh, oh god, I think he did. I think he did a movie called Eagle's Eye, if I'm not mistaken. I thought he was. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I liked him in that, and like Disturbia, like he did some good stuff. Like I like, I liked his stuff, and then all of a sudden, maybe I, we could blame the acid dropping because it, I personally have not dropped acid, but I know some people who have dropped acid, and they say it changes their lives. <laughs> and they see the world in a different way. And if you're a violent person and you drop acid, maybe you get super duper violent because that's what it sounded like Shia LaBeouf did. Like he started getting really violent. And again, it, I, I also feel that narcissism just pop up out of people that like, ugh, it's gross. You see it like I, I can head, but I can go into this Walgreens by myself. I don't care. No cops. I don't care. And, like, didn't he do the, I forget what he says in the video, but he literally is, like, has a green screen, and he wants people to, like, green him, and it's like, just do it! Do it! Do it! Like, screaming, and you're like, whoa! Calm, calm your shit, dude. I mean, it's it's one of those videos where it does get plenty of views, and it definitely does get plenty of hits, and it's funny, but it's still one of those things where it's like, dude, just... You, you need to just sit down, take a breather, calm yourself, and let's let's take you to therapy tomorrow, you know? We'll, 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 we'll get you <laughs> we'll better. We'll, but here's the thing. I think you're right. It was funny, but I don't know if it was intentional to be funny or if he thought he was literally going to motivate people. Right. And I think he kind of thought he was going to motivate people. Well, he motivated people to make other videos, so... That makes stupid-ass stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, congrats on that, I guess, Shia, but... 
Yeah, just, mm. just right. Just take take a step back, bud. Just just take some time off, reevaluate your life, and then uh, co- come back. And you know, maybe next time you can have a paper bag over your head that's just saying, "I am recovering from my life choices." So that's <laughs> what I would do. I am recovering from my life choices. I like it. That's just me. But all right, so victory bell. Who in the hell could possibly top that as your number one? My number one craziest actor person, or famous person, has to be Jared Leto. <laughs> oh, great. We're talking about craziest. Suicide Squad's Joker. God dang it all. Yep, yep. We have to, because I personally do like him, but you're just like, what? Like, the things he does in order to get roles and to do things, like, I know, I don't know if he won an Oscar for his role in Cowboy Buyers Club. I think he might have. Like, so he's an Oscar winner, but damn, man. Like, this guy, the list of things that he does to get acting roles is obnoxious because that because for me, he's already a, a really good singer, and, like, I love 30 Seconds to Mars, like, the band. So, like, that's where I first thought of Jared Leto. Like, oh, like, he's a famous singer and in a band, and I like his songs, and, like, yay. And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, he also does acting? Oh, look at, oh, wow, look at the movies he does. Oh, oh, and intense. Why? What is he doing? Uh, you're like, wait, no, like, you're so successful over here, why are you going to the moon over there to get, I mean, I think he would get these jobs without doing what he has to do. So, here's some of the things he's done. He lived on the street and gave up sex for two months to prepare for the role Requiem of a Dream. He's mailed his suicide castmates a dead pig to get into the role. So he attempts to method act. So this is his version. So we started with a method actor who we thought was kind of like, okay, method acting is a little crazy. So this is a guy who takes it to the next level in a bad way. Um, He waxed his entire body for Dallas Buyers Club. Uh, Yeah, that's awful. That sounds awful. Uh, He actually got punched in the face for Fight Club. Ed Norton punched him in the face. He wanted to. Uh, He gained 62 pounds for uh, Chapter 27, a movie that he did. He did all of his own stunts in a few movies, which, if you see the movie, I've never seen the movie Panic Room, but I guess, like, he was insane and almost, like, got hurt multiple times, almost died because he wanted to do his own stunts. Cool. Uh, He basically stopped eating, and I think... I think he lost like 40 or 30 pounds for Dallas Buyers Club for his role as a transgendered um, person on the Dallas Buyers Club, which I do believe is the role he was up for an Oscar for. And if he did win, I, I do remember this movie. I think he was amazing. But he also road tested this character, this transgendered, really skinny uh, person who does have AIDS. Like, this is the character. Uh, he road tested it at a Whole Foods, and so he just was the character walking through the aisles and pretending to be this. Um, and then 
He was also accused of sexual assault while preparing for Suicide Squad. And he threw a gun at Marlon Wayne's head, which is a really, really uh, well-known comedian, the Wayne's Brothers. And yeah, so I think that's about all I need to say, that this guy might overdo it a bit. Yeah, <laughs> I... Letting everything just sink in here, and it's just... Uh, I didn't like him as the, as the Joker in Suicide Squad, and now it's hard for me to like him as an actual person. I'm sorry, but, you know, method actor or not, sending cast members a pig's head just does not... It, it's unsettling, it's just not at all inviting at all. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, I appreciate the offer, but I really don't, because I'd rather not open up a box that has like you know red liquid on the bottom and then wake open it up it's almost like a scene from the godfather where it just like opens up and just stares at you i know that that's probably not what he did but i'm 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 making a point here okay just it it's just one of those things where it's like wow just oh my gosh it just seems so what as an actor myself I just don't understand. Like, I get that you have to fluctuate some weight sometimes for roles and change your hair and change your style and stuff, but, like, I mean, this guy just goes above and beyond. And I, I just don't know if it's necessary. I think that, especially in this day and age, that it's not necessary because... If you've watched Benjamin Button, you know Brad Pitt did not go and age himself and skinny himself up for that old man role. Like, no, he didn't. He didn't have to because that's what CGI does. Calm the F down, dude. <laughs> let, let some of the technology of the time help you out because gaining 62 pounds sounds crazy and then also losing all that to get normal and then losing like an, another 30 like he does like I think he probably needed to lose that weight for the role because this role was a, a, a person struggling with you know a disease who that does eat you from the inside out you know um, so being emaciated was appropriate but at the same time you're like dang this guy's crazy um What's his face? Uh, Matthew McConaughey did did similar. Like he had to lose a bunch of weight too because his his character also had AIDS. Um, and so it was just interesting watching them together, just like starving actors. Like, and it was a great Dallas Buyers Club, awesome movie. Really like it. But Jared Leto just I think goes above and beyond in. In a way that is just a little obnoxious. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's what we could put. Because, like, there's a difference of coming home and pretending to be Abraham Lincoln and coming home and pretending to be the Joker from Batman. Yep. There's a major difference. <laughs> Those are going to be a little different morals that are going to be taking place, and maybe that's why he was accused of sexual assault. We don't know if he actually did it. He was accused. He wasn't 
like it wasn't confirmed or he wasn't guilty of it, but he was probably being super creepy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just, yeah. All right, so one more, you guys, and then we'll wrap it up here. So final crazy person on this list, my number one, and the craziest person I think of them all is Mel Gibson. <laughs> it takes a special person to have every single group, whether it's race, whether it's religion, whether it's ethnicity, doesn't matter. It takes a special person to really have every single person just hate you for some of the things that you've definitely said. Uh, some of the comments that he's made about you know himself being you know homophobic, uh, making a comment about him saying that oh the Jews are the reason why the wars are happening. It's like really, and then painting a scenario that involves his wife and it just gets very graphic it's one of those things where i'm not even going to repeat what he basically was saying because that is just way too much even for this podcast um it's just one of those things where i look at this and i think to myself wow this is the guy who did you know braveheart he was rocky and chicken run uh he was one of the i think he might have been the director or the producer for taxaw ridge just do a lot of these great films and for him to be one of those examples of, you know, opening his mouth and just offending almost every single person possible. I know he's probably tried nowadays to mend those broken fences, but still one of those things where it's like, dude, you shouldn't have said it in the first place. But now this kind of almost comes full circle now because we did talk about earlier how people should not be judged because of their past actions, but more on what they're doing in the present. It's one of those things where I think believe in this case that it's understandably you know understandable why some people might be hesitant about him because when you go to that extreme of just almost offending everybody and not even caring and having that short fuse that just really does not help your case at all and there's even people that have mentioned the fact that mel gibson has a very short fuse so it could be one of those situations where one action one word can just set him off again and he could be on this tirade again so for me i'm not quite at the point where i can say hey you know i can look past this and look at his great actors like no he still did all these crazy things so kind of hard for me to look at him the same way as you know the guy who played braveheart as an as a computer animated chicken as a guy who created all these great movies it's still one of those things where it's just like i can't look past that because of what he's done and it's still again it takes a lot of crazy just to say everything that he said and still continue on with life and again i know he's tried to apologize for it but i think there's going to be a little bit more than just an apology to prove that he's moved on from that actions speak louder than words yeah no i i for sure i i for sure think mel gibson is one of those that went off you know, the crazy train, he jumped off, <laughs> he was running it real hard, um, and I think he paid for, for most of the things that happened, I think he paid pretty hard for it, and I, I do believe in forgiveness, um, I think that if he is back on the right track, which he's kind of been getting back there, that it's worth giving people another chance, but I don't think you for 
forget. I think you can forgive, but you don't forget, you know? Like, so, I, I have to, I can't be a hypocrite. I, I said that if, if we can do that for Kevin Hart, I'm not going to say no to Mel Gibson just because he offended a different type of person, you know? Um, he definitely had some more malice words about it. Like, we heard those phone conversations and voicemails. Like, they were violent. Like, they were not... Uh, they were not in a humorous fashion like Kevin Hart's were, but we also know that I, I do know that he had a drug issue too, and he went to rehab and had to go through all that, and Mel Gibson like struggled with alcoholism and a lot of other things that people were like, uh, yeah, this guy's saying some crazy shit, and he is continuing to say crazy shit, let's blacklist him until he's done with these rehab stuff. And so I, I think he sought help, which is good. Unlike some of the, like, you know, we've been talking about some people who are like, eh, I don't need help, and that's why they're still on that crazy train. Um, but I think he sought help, and I think he's trying to be better. I, I did like Hacksaw Ridge, and yeah, he was the director for that. I, I think he's kind of good at that, man. He's kind of a good director. Um, he is very religious in his everything that he does, which... I think a little irks me. I don't like when people throw throw around their religion, and that's kind of why I think he said what he said at the beginning. You know, he directed Passion of the Christ and did all that, and that won a bunch of awards, and then all of a sudden he's hating on all the Jews. You're like, well, maybe that violence to Jesus wasn't all, all just the Bible. <laughs> like, maybe he really hated the Jews. Um but yeah, I think that he's getting better, and I hope that he gets better. But if he does pop up, if we catch him again, I do think, you know, think three strikes and he's out. He's already got two, so I don't think Hollywood will let him back in if he if he does it again. Especially Hollywood. Let's be real. If you're talking about Jews and talking negative about them, and you're trying to be in Hollywood, like, come on now, what are you doing? <laughs> Right, definitely do agree with that. All right, so that has been our list of crazy people, and that took, wow, that took a lot longer than I thought it would, but you know something? It's one, it's, it's one of those lists that I'm kind of glad that we did do it, because it's something different, it's something that you wouldn't expect here on the Game Changer, so hopefully you guys, you know, enjoyed it, hopefully you guys, you know, got something out of it, and yeah, I mean, there's probably a lot of other people that, we probably missed that you probably think are crazy. So let us know who you think is crazy other than me, other than me. So let's just, because <laughs> I know there's like yeah. some people that other are listening. Us. Don't say we're crazy. <laughs> we're not crazy. No, we know we're crazy, but that's different. You know, admitting it's just half the battle. The other half is, you know, <laughs> that's always step one. Step two is just forgetting step one altogether. That's the way I've always said it. Awesome. But, all right, so like we said, guys, we are on the roads to the Oscars, and we're also on the road to C2E2, on the road to WrestleMania. Just a lot of great things that are coming up within the next few months. Holy cow, looking forward to just seeing where everything goes. Uh, Victory Bell, do you have anything coming up that you could share with everybody? Do you have any big events for the upcoming new year? doing some figure modeling for uh, Aaron Miller, who is kind of a, a well-known Magic the Gathering artist. Um, he's hosting 
uh, workshop for this, and I'll kind of give you more dates when it comes more into fruition, but it's going to be in February, but yeah, we're going to, I'm going to be doing some costume figure modeling for him, and I think that should just be really fun. One, he's an amazing artist and oil painter, uh, but it'll also be like, oh, I'm getting back in costume again. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome. I look forward to seeing what comes out of it, because it sounds like a blast. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm really excited, and I mean, I'm going to be releasing some fun things throughout this year, so I'm excited to just kind of be in control of my own destiny for a little while. We'll see. All right, sweet. So, guys, like I've said before, you can definitely check her out on her Facebook fan page. Give her a like. Give her some sweet little comments here and there. And be sure to also just mention the fact that, holy cow, she makes almost every costume she wears absolutely awesome. Uh, be sure to follow me on Twitter at Real FN Game. Be sure to also give us a like on our Facebook fan page. And, guys, we are available on Spreaker.com as well as on YouTube, iHeartRadio, and back on the SoundCloud absolutely awesome so thank you guys so much for listening in to this we'll be talking to you guys next week for another fun filled podcast but in the meantime enjoy what could be one of those songs that could indeed sweep the oscars this year because i'm making the bold prediction guys that for my pick for best picture i'm going to be going with a star is born so we'll get more into that when we get into Oscar predictions, and we'll get more into that. Who knows? This might carry over into next week because she's probably interested in knowing what my answer, what my reasoning is. So, guys, we'll talk more next week. Enjoy the episode, and thank you so much for all of your support. A lot more to come, and just a lot more fun is ahead. Bye-bye!
a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.